0: Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a J.P. Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Today is January 17th, 2023. Last Friday afternoon, amidst the lengthening shadows of a winter sun, the Treasury Secretary delivered an ominous warning. By this Thursday, the U.S. federal debt will reach its legal limit, requiring it to take extraordinary measures just to keep paying the bills. Secretary Yellen's warning was perhaps a little premature, and she suggested that, with some adjustments, our real rendezvous with disaster might be postponed until June. But even this date is considerably earlier than many assumed in the middle of last year, due in large part to the budgetary effects of the Federal Reserve's aggressive tightening. From both an economic and a financial perspective, a failure to raise the debt ceiling would be an unmitigated disaster. Today, as in the past, attempts to gain political advantage by holding the debt ceiling hostage amount to a juvenile game of chicken, and both parties deserve the scorn of voters for not eliminating this fiscal doomsday m- machine years ago. Moreover, debt ceiling theatre has always acted as an easy distraction for those whose minds ought to be focused on managing the federal budget in a responsible way both parties have contributed to a ballooning of the national debt over the past two decades, eroding future living standards and increasing the risk of an eventual fiscal crisis. While a failure to increase the debt ceiling is the most immediate fiscal threat to the economy and markets in 2023, damage could also be done either by continuing to neglect deficits altogether or by inflicting very sharp fiscal tightening on an economy which is now thoroughly hooked on the drugs of monetary and fiscal stimulus. Investors can hope that Washington adopts a more sensible path However, they would be well advised to consider how their portfolios might hold up under a messier outcome. The aggregate debt limit, or the total amount of money that the federal government is allowed to borrow, was first established back in 1917 and has been raised or suspended 102 times since World War II. Most recently, it was raised to $31.385 trillion in December of 2021. At that time, the actual federal debt subject to limits was twenty nine trillion one hundred and eighty billion dollars And the Treasury had roughly $42,000,000,000 in its checking account at the Fed. This gave the federal government over $2.2 trillion in wiggle room, part of which was expected to fund a very big fiscal package. With the eventual package involving much more modest borrowing and an economic rebound boosting revenues, it appeared that the need for a debt ceiling increase could be postponed until much later this year. Indeed, analysis by the Bipartisan Policy Centre last June suggested that we would not reach date X, or the date at which the federal government cannot meet its obligations, until the third quarter of this year. However, since then, aggressive Fed tightening has worsened the situation. In fiscal 2022, the net interest on the public debt amounted to $475 billion. However, partly mitigating this were Fed profits of $107 billion paid back to Treasury, These profits are derived from the difference between the interest earned on the Fed's massive portfolio of Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities and the interest that it pays on reserves, which, until last March, were based on a very modest interest rate of 0.15%. Since then, the Fed has raised short-term rates seven times, boosting the interest paid on reserves to 4.4% and essentially wiping out all Fed profits and remittances to the Treasury. In addition, we estimate that higher interest rates and treasuries will raise net interest on the public debt to roughly $685 billion this fiscal year. Combined, these two items will add over $300 billion to the fiscal 2023 deficit, resulting in a shortfall for the entire year of roughly $1.3 trillion, far below, far above the $984 billion deficit for 2023, projected by the Congressional Budget Office last May. It should be emphasized that these numbers are very rough. Much depends on April tax revenues, which are always difficult to forecast and which have been even more challenging to estimate in recent years because of the impact of the pandemic and measures to combat its effects. However, the bottom line is that as of last Thursday, the federal debt was only $70 billion below its statutory limit, while the Treasury Department had $310 billion on deposit with the Fed. These balances will likely be drawn down to dangerously low levels before a rush of tax receipts in April and then exhausted by renewed deficits in May and June, even assuming the deployment of now started accounting tricks by the Treasury Department. All of this raises significant risks for investors. The greatest risk is a political stalemate results in the government defaulting on the debt. The White House Press Secretary Green Jean-Pierre, said on Friday that the administration expects Congress to pass a debt ceiling increase without conditions. Meanwhile, the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, has said that any debt limit increase should be accompanied by spending cuts, echoing the demands of some of the holdout Republican members who finally elected him Speaker earlier this month. Any increase in the debt limit will require Republican votes in the House of Representatives, and it's difficult, although not impossible, to achieve this without the Speaker's support. If this process gets drawn out, and the Treasury runs out of money faster than it thinks, the U.S. could quickly find itself in a similar situation to the summer of 2011, when a debt ceiling crisis triggered a market sell-off and a downgrade of U.S. debt. In that debacle, Treasury yields actually fell as global investors were focused on the European debt crisis and Treasuries were seen as a safe haven asset. This could happen again, at least initially. However, an actual default in U.S. Treasuries could lead to a violent reversal of this trend as investors lost faith in future payments in U.S. debt. This could have dramatically negative impacts on a wide range of financial assets including U.S. bonds, equities, and the dollar. Relative winners in such an eventuality could include real assets, high-quality international equities, and the government bonds of countries perceived to be more fiscally responsible. Financial chaos would presumably eventually lead to some compromise in Washington. However, this might not occur soon enough to prevent a recession and could leave some lasting scars, including a permanent increase in the cost of funding U.S. federal debt. While investors should try to be prepared for the consequences of a debt ceiling disaster, it's also important to consider the implications of continuation of business as usual. The most relevant definition of the federal debt for the economy and financial markets is federal debt in the hands of the public, which excludes money owned by, owed by one party, a part of the federal government to another. Twenty years ago, the federal debt in the hands of the public was $3.7 trillion, or 33.2% of GDP. Ten years ago, the debt was $11.6 trillion, or 71.3% of GDP. And at the end of last month, the debt had grown to $24.5 trillion, or we estimate 96.2% of GDP. The main reason for this ballooning in federal debt has not been a surge in steady-state federal spending or a plunge in steady-state revenues, in fiscal 2023, we anticipate federal revenues to equal 18% of GDP and federal outlays, excluding interest, to equal 20.9% of GDP, not hugely different from the 175 and 18.8% of GDP respective averages seen over the prior five decades. Rather, the biggest problem is that neither the extraordinary spending to stimulate the economy in the wake of the great financial crisis and the pandemic, nor the 2017 tax cuts, were ever offset by either higher taxes or spending cuts. Moreover, the lack of public pushback or even debate about most of these actions suggests that deficits and debt will lurch upwards again in the years ahead. This, in turn, could lead to higher borrowing from abroad and higher domestic inflation. It could also constrain future spending and result in higher future taxes, likely inflicting financial pain on older and richer Americans. It could even eventually lead to a different type of debt crisis, where global investors doubt not just the willingness of the U.S. government to service its debt, but also its ability to do so in a non-inflationary way it should be stressed that it is still quite possible that, after extensive posturing, a compromise will be forged, allowing for some deficit reduction in return for an agreement to raise the debt ceiling. Such fiscal restraint in an economy already weakened by high interest rates and a strong dollar could lead the Fed to reverse course, cutting interest rates by the end of this year. Such a scenario could ultimately be positive for financial assets. But it's also important to be prepared for a worse outcome. In the days after 9-11, the federal government suggested that everyone should have an emergency kit, which, as I remember, included items such as batteries, duct tape, and bottled water. Initially, I thought this was just a waste of money. However, once our fears of an actual attack subsided, we made good use of all these items in our day-to-day lives. Similarly, a debt ceiling disaster emergency kit would start with broad diversification and could include real assets and high-quality international stocks and bonds denominated in foreign currencies. We, of course, hope that disaster is avoided, However, given still relatively cheap overseas valuations and the current underexposure of U.S. investors to overseas assets, these adjustments may well make sense even if Washington doesn't trigger a debt ceiling disaster. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate including loss of capital past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide